Hello and welcome to the All Walks of Art podcast. I'm Michael Worth, your host, and I'm with my beloved co-host. I've never called him beloved before. That's kind of creepy, I think. Anyway, he's pouring Angel's Envy in the glass. Say hi, Paul. Hey, what's up? Anyway, we're doing this kind of fun today. We are uh, skipping over the formalities and we're getting right into it because nice. there is some cool stuff in the uh, in the studio today. Paul brought home. Paul's been on an adventure for the last couple of weeks and just I'm gonna keep this doing fun. all kinds of fun things. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, and we are going to get into some different things. But first, let me welcome everybody to the show. We are drinking Columbia Craft Alien Hot or Alien Hat, rather, a white zombie, and a liquor that Paul brought with him called Angel's Envy. Yeah, this Very is a expensive. 2013 blend or whatever. Whatever oh, really? From 2013. Nice. I guess that was a long time ago. Don't seem like it, but I guess when you really it, think yeah, about this. It is. Yeah, this was uh, $30 an ounce. So I just Fantastic. got a little sample just to try yeah. it. So Let's, we'll you go for it. Take a, take a sip of that. It smells fantastic. It's probably got a nice... <laughs> it apparently does have a nice bite. Paul Paul's holding his head. <laughs> Man, the taste is really good. Yeah. But we are going to talk about art today too. So if you're listening, you're thinking, "Oh, great, they're just going to get lit." No, we are the going to burn. Talk about my God. <laughs> Man, that's really good. But wow, ah, right? <laughs> okay, I got to try. It. Go ahead. Mm. I really liked it. Man, it that is a lot of burn, buddy. It hits you hard, don't? Mm-hmm. Uh, ooh I might have to buy me a bottle of that. Well, not a, not a, whatever the price that is. So. I like it. I like it. You didn't bring me no water. Oh, yeah. It's going to get interesting. It is going to get it. We're going to drink beer just to cool down. That is fantastic. It's bourbon. Everybody listening, if you're not, it's cask strength. So it's, <laughs> it is a lot. Uh, yeah. 125% alcohol by volume. What's that mean? That is a, that means it's a lot. Did they tell you to mix it with water? They didn't say you had to. But. <laughs> they didn't say you had to. They recommended it. I got some other things from there that's already a pre-made uh, Manhattan and a pre-made uh, something else. I don't know what the name of it is, but it's oh. called something. I ain't tried it yet. Oh, cool. It's finished in port wine barrels. Yeah, that's what makes Angel's Envy's different. Yeah. I mean, I, it, it starts out like a traditional bourbon whiskey in an oak barrel, an yeah. unused oak barrel, but that's pretty cool. It goes into a port. I did not know that. And it's still bourbon and still counts because they do everything in there and they just finish it in the, yeah. in the port barrels. And uh, it's wrapped in a seal, so you know that nobody's been into your your bottle. It's yeah, a, it's, it's like a, a little medicine bottle. Yeah, it's it? just a little sample. Like I said, that was $30 an ounce, and I thought, well, I'll try it. Well, I have never, I do appreciate this. I've never had Angel's Envy, and I've never had cask strength. So what that means is it's not been watered mm-hmm. down by, right. the, by the distillery uh, for bottling uh, to reach like an 80%. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that that is. Uh, I actually kind of like that. I do, too. I might have to see what kind of regular stuff they got. But. So I know this whole drinking thing uh, sometimes doesn't have a lot to do with art, but but for me, you know, I did go on a trip. Yeah. And uh, I checked out, I, I went on a 1,262-mile uh, bike trip over six days, which which for some people is a lot, some people not a whole lot. Um, saw some really beautiful scenery, Road to Tell the Dragon, which is a legendary stretch of road. Um, in North Carolina, mm-hmm. called uh, it's high high was it Route One Twenty Nine. It's got uh, three hundred and ten curves and something like that, three hundred five curves and eleven miles. And it varies in uh, elevation as well, correct? It does, but not like so. We rode the Chalahala Skyway into it. And that's forty two miles of road going com- 
like up yeah. into the mountains and it was gorgeous. And I would recommend anybody to do that, whether you're in a car or a Jeep, a yeah, bike or yeah, whatever. Yeah. The skyway was incredible. And I stopped at different elevation points and took pictures. I think it gets up to 5,200 feet. Yeah. And it was cloudy and you could see for a hundred miles. I can only imagine on a clear day how far oh, you could, yeah. it was gorgeous. Yeah. But in, in Tennessee, right? Smoky mountains. It's uh, in Virginia. It's yeah. It's in Tennessee going in North Carolina. It's all right around okay, that yeah. same right, right there. But uh, all the bourbon places are in Kentucky. Um, well, obviously, because it's got to be Kentucky to be bourbon, I guess, right? That, so. That's how I feel about it. But, I mean, you know, we won't get into this. But uh, went to some <laughs> different distilleries. Most of them were closed. All the tours were booked, so we didn't get to do that. But there were some of them that let you kind of walk around and check things out. And Maker's Mark was incredible. It was just mm -hmm. gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Just a beautiful, sprawling. Have you been there? I have. Yeah. It just. It's like a, like a, it's like a Hallmark card, basically. Yeah. Just know. gorgeous. And yeah. I mean, I thought, I mean, just how beautiful is this to just to take in and, and see just the natural, the natural beauty mixed in with the, the man-made architecture and stuff. It was just really nice. It was just really recharging. And then I had my first gig in 11 months or in, uh, 18 months. Yeah, we'll get to that. So. Cause I do want to talk to you about that. That, that sounds like a We trying this white zombie thing? Uh, we are. I was trying I'm sure to, it sucks. I wanted to see where these are made because I was thinking they were near, these were actually, uh, yeah, see, this Columbia Craft actually is made in Columbia, South Carolina, so you were close. Well, not really, but you know what I'm saying. You were closer than we yeah, are Yeah, I was right in North now. Carolina. I guess that's one of the Carolinas. So I guess that counts as being close. And Catawba Brewing. Where's that? Look, you're drinking the white zombie, right? Yeah. Now, so, and that's a, pe a white ale, a pale ale? Is white ale. A, it's a white. Is there a difference between a white and a pale? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, I, the white ale is, I, I don't care. is like Doom Petal. Doom Petal's a white ale. So that must be why I like, so that, there you go. Apparently mm -hmm. I like white ales. Yeah. I could drink that if I had to. What's this other thing called? Mm, alien Hat from Columbia Craft. That's definitely different. Yeah. The limited edition white zombie is actually, uh, uh, they're funding a little bit of the Navy SEAL Foundation too, which is oh, pretty cool. Oh, that's cool. cool. Yeah. I gotta, I'm gotta, all about that. Got to throw that in there. I'm going to nurse these beers. Because I'm really digging that. I wish we had more of that Angel's Envy. I know. God darn it, it's expensive. So you had your your first gig in a while. And I want to tie this in with the, the topic of the day. Because I really what have is any, the topic? I didn't even say that, did I? No. So everybody listening who are waiting for the topic, I know we're kind of... It feels like I haven't seen Paul in weeks, is what it feels like. It's only been two, ain't it? It has. It's only been two. Well, but, two uh, in a day. But the topic today is dreams and doing what you want. Basically following your dreams as as a creative as an artist, as a, a painter, a musician, whatever it is you do to create your art, you know, just, uh, it's about following your dreams. So, um, nothing we have here really ties in, you know, alcohol wise. I really can't go there, but, uh, we'll, we'll get deeper into this as we go. And speaking of deeper. following your dreams, Paul's first gig in a while. And can you hear the gunshots? Yes. I don't think my boy knows that we're recording a podcast. Or he, he doesn't care. Maybe knows or, or doesn't care. He, 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 he just doesn't know. What was the question okay. again? Uh, you did your first gig in a while. Yes. Talk about that. Man. I mean, you, you've had, your, you've had your, your bucket list ride on your bike. Yep. And uh, then you, you followed that up with your first gig since pandemic, mm -hmm. really. Yeah. Um, how'd that go? It went really good. Uh, there was a little bit of a, a, bit of a miscommunication. We thought we were going on at eight. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm, I'm not even home. I'm helping a friend work on their car and uh i look at my phone i got all these messages where people been trying to call me apparently they want us to go on at six oops and it was four o'clock i'm like i'm not even home so yeah but uh 
we didn't know if we we're going to be able to make it or cancel it or whatever. But we, like we've talked a lot, there's there was a certain you got to be flexible and figure it out. So we figured out we could do it at seven, and that was cool with everybody and kind of rushed around. And I mean, I hadn't had all my there's a lot of technical stuff involved of unpacking things and right and then this is my first gig using a completely different setup different amp and my pedal board setup and you know it's just you never know how things are going to work out in the field but it worked good sounded good played good i mean we had a couple couple uh they weren't train wrecks but they were uh they almost were train wrecks mm -hmm. but we played through them and and it's nice because we finally have played together long enough where we can get through those things and yeah. just make it part of the show. It was a good time. Good deal. Felt good. good. Deal. Felt good real deal. good. <laughs> boom, boom. He's out there playing with his boomstick. <laughs> I wonder if that, that comes through. I don't know. We'll find out. I'll probably, uh, probably find the frequency and cut it out, you know. Well, then split, everyone will think hairs. we're just talking about nothing. Yeah, we are kind of talking about nothing. <laughs> no, I didn't say that out loud. I didn't. But we're here in the studio, actually. Uh, we we had plans. Well, they were up in the air to to do something else, and we will be doing that soon. That'd be cool. Nice it, surprise yeah. for everybody. Yeah, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag, but, uh, you know. Why do people put cats in bags? I don't know. That'd be terrible. You think cats dream of bags? I mean, they love boxes. No. I lowered one down the laundry chute in a plastic bag one time. It was terrified. I was a child. I was, yeah, you know, but yeah. I was playing with it, but yeah. it didn't like it, so I yeah. didn't do it again. Skittles tore my hand up last night. He, Why? She, she, uh, well, Lisa said, get her off my lap so I can go to bed. And of course, I went to get her off. And she didn't want to move. So, huh. you well, know, there you go. My, my cat's vicious. <laughs> she is a, a vicious little animal. She's, she's quite the hunter. She does a good job out here, really, in the, in the hills. So, on, on to dreams. Uh, the the main topic. Is anybody listening? Because I'm really having a good time. This is just conversational. I am trying desperately in this podcast uh, to to get a little bit more down to earth and not feel so much like it's a planned conversation. I don't ever want to make it feel forced, right? You know, so that's kind of where it is. And and I got to thinking. Uh, this all started with a stuntman movie. It's a, it's a new movie, uh, documentary on, uh, Disney plus, uh, let me pull it up so I can not I want to watch this. I love stuntmen. Yeah, I, I wanted to be awesome. one when I was growing up. So did this guy. It, and you'd love it because it, he spans 30 years to get to the bottom here. Eddie Braun, the, yeah, uh, the, uh, the stuntman, he's been on things like, uh, Dukes of Hazzard, the A-Team, uh, the Fall Guy. Probably remember the fall guy. Yeah, uh, battle stunt man. Yeah, yeah. Bounty hunter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, lots of shows. Um, lots of movies. Uh, but he, his childhood idol. So his his childhood idol was e Evil Knievel. Right. Uh -huh. And we all know that uh, Knievel tried to uh, jump the Snake River Canyon. Right. Uh, from Idaho. Right. Uh, on the Idaho side, I, I'm not really good with the geography of it. I should have looked Obviously. this up before, but it's should have. I, I want to say he was on the Idaho side, and it goes into you know, was it Montana? Mm. I, I don't even know. It's just uh, your story, not mine. I know, I know, but you, you got to watch the documentary because they they don't really focus too much on the on the geography of it. They focus on Eddie's life as a stuntman and building up to this um, <clears throat> rocket jump. 
You remember that? Oh, I do. Um, I had the little crank up Evil Knievel motorcycle, the black oh, yeah. chopper and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Marauder one? Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. I yeah. love the Marauder one. I was always in the bikes and, and the Knievel one. Funny that, you know, I guess this ties in because yeah. one of the place stops I made was Wild Turkey. And uh, it was another beautiful drive, but they have a little museum in there and talks about different endorsers and this and that. And they had a picture of Evil Knievel. I had my, I actually took my photo next to it because <laughs> I always loved Evil Knievel. Yeah. And it said that he was known to do a shot of turkey after a successful jump. Really? So, yeah. Oh, we didn't have a lot of turkey. No. <laughs> I'm terrible. Anyway, yeah, the, uh, the Snake River Canyon jump was a failure. Uh, the shoot came out too soon. It wasn't Evil's uh, mistake. Uh, the rocket was all planned and everything, and the the shoot apparently came out too soon. Didn't give him enough speed, and down in the canyon he went. He he's obviously survived. This was like 19, is it obvious that he survived? Yeah, it was like nineteen seventy four, and he did so much more after that. Right? Yeah. Well, so, people don't know that, so maybe yeah, I, it's not I guess. So obvious. Yeah, obvious to me, I guess. Um, the release date of the stuntman, and I don't get this confused with uh, the movie. The Stuntman, which I think came out around the 1980s, um, by a guy named Hooper or whatever, but it was really based on the life of a Hollywood stuntman. That movie is pretty good too, uh, but this one is definitely a documentary. How Eddie Braun was trying to produce funding uh, for this jump and get sponsorships, and because he was going to do that jump, yeah, he he his childhood dream was to do this. That's the tie-in with the dream. Um, following your dreams, he he has always wanted to do this, you know. And uh, he had made a comment that I I thought was kind of cool. I guess cool. I don't really know how to say what I'm trying to say here, but you know, you can't. One doesn't retire as a stuntman. The business retires you, right? And here he is in his mid fifties, still crashing cars, still still doing a lot of things that probably quite painful, honestly. Um, and they showed him flipping a police car and he passed out during the flip it was like an explosion he hit this easy button remember the easy button yeah they have that triggered into his bomb so he could do it from the the car so he's driving 70 miles an hour and just hits a bomb to make his thing blow up and fall over you know flip over or whatever and mm-hmm. uh, he rolls they have all the cameras inside it's a pretty violent ride you know and yeah. he's, he's got a cage and a hans device and helmet and practical effects man that's i mean you, you, these things it's like it's like you think about it in the seventies and, and the early eighties and some of the stuff that they did and then then we went through a, a period in the in the late nineties and early two thousands where everything was CGI and it just wasn't yeah. it just wasn't the same. Yeah. And we've gotten back to a lot of a lot of that in the movies and you think of, of the of the craftsmanship that goes into that and the planning and the 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 science. There's a lot of science, but then there's also you gotta put the guy in the car. Yeah. Um, you got to throw the guy off the building. There's an, there's a definite art to that. And this is their, this is their, um, Madison square garden gig. You yeah. Know, this, yeah. this is their, uh, time. This is their opus yeah. that they're creating. And it's a beautiful thing. Well, it gets, it gets more interesting when you start thinking about the rocket. So the guy who developed the rocket was a NASA, uh, jet, scientist rocket for, for scientist. his jump yes for for kin evil um and he felt like a failure right because it didn't work right so his son 
didn't want that legacy to be that way. So he started building another rocket based on his dad's modified version of the one that didn't work. And that's how they got connected. It was, hey, I'm this guy's son. I wish I could remember his name. I'm so bad about this. Um, it might say in the description, but I don't, I don't want to read through the description to, and waste time for everybody. But um, yeah, even, even scanning through as I'm talking here, I just cannot see it. People's got Google. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, and you got to watch. It's on Disney Plus. I know. I know it's one of them things that you know not everybody subscribes to uh, the different streaming platforms, but it's really good. They got together, they put it together, and they pulled it off, right? And oh well, now I don't need to watch it since you showed them. Well, they they pulled off making the rocket and and getting everything together, and funding was really bad, and even the the local population was. Still, they had a bad taste in their mouth because Knievel apparently didn't pay bills, was in the way. They left a real mess. It was like a party in 1974 out in the field. And as you might expect, landowners were pissed off Mm -hmm. that they left it like that and left the community like that. So they weren't real keen on the idea of doing this again. So everything that could go wrong, and this is the tie-in with the the dream that I'm trying to say, when you have a dream to do something, it's probably not going to go as planned. You know, the best laid plan you put down you're you're just you're probably going to have to make arrangements to make it work. That's what's so cool about the success story. We've talked about success a lot over the last couple of months and what it takes, what it means, what, you know, how you can think about it as an artist, but it all starts with a dream, honestly. You know, you you want to do something. There's something that gets into your head where you go, "I got to do that." You know, you you saw somebody play bass at one time and said, I want to do that, right? Uh, not, yeah. not really. <laughs> not really. <laughs> As I build up to it, he's like, nah, not, nah, not really. I just, no, nah, I out. mean, that's well, I saw some, <laughs> I saw some musicians. Yeah. You wanted to be on stage. You wanted to perform. I want, yeah, I wanted to play. I wanted to play. And yeah. then, then I saw that the bass in the Sears catalog was more expensive and that there was, I noticed there was only one bass player in all these bands I liked. And mm-hmm. for some reason that seemed like it'd be easier for me to get in a band yeah since there was only one of them but actually there's two guitar players so my logic was flawed that's all right you can be two guitar players in a band but there was very rarely ever two bass players yeah. but i don't know well, that goes along with the idea that the plan didn't work out you had to rethink it right you know so you not- gotta be able to you gotta be able to um improv on the fly and and change plans and yeah and uh you have to be able to react and adapt yeah. That's what it's all about. I love that Eddie Braun seems to be like a normal, everyday guy, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Hollywood <laughs> stuntman, been in all these movies. The Avengers was one of them. Uh, Fast and the Furious. He did a lot of stuff. He was like um, Tom Cruise's double for the most part. They looked similar when they were that age uh, for some of the movies, like Top Gun and all that. Oh, well, he's and, a car guy, so probably the race car movie. What was that? Tropic, uh, Days of Thunder. Days of Thunder. Yeah. Tropic Thunder. Yeah, yeah not Tropic Thunder. I love Tropic Thunder. Thunder. <laughs> I do too. It's a funny movie. Um, I, I don't know about that, but yeah, it's, uh, he, he, you know, but they, they show the outside of his house, you know, and it's, it's just a, a normal everyday house. It's not like this, you know, the actor gets all the accolades, right? Oh my God, you're in this movie and I can't believe he jumped out of that plane. No, he, no, he didn't jump out of that plane. Right. <laughs> Eddie did, you know. And he's the more humble of the the bunch, and you know they got this. Well, they, and I'm sure he makes a good living, but I mean it's probably oh yeah, yeah. it's on par with yeah. A, I mean there's he probably, probably pays 
a ton for his health care. Right. You and, know? and it's probably not, it's probably like a good paying regular job in a lot of ways. I mean, for a yeah. lot of these guys, it's they're, they're not doing it just for the money. They're doing it because they love this kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I'm sure he gets a thrill out of it, too. I mean, it, they didn't really go into that. It was produced by Dwayne Johnson, which is pretty cool. The Rock. The Rock. Uh, so he's, you know, he's doing, director was Kurt Matilla. I don't know um, him, but I, I told I you I'd watch it, you know? so I don't know why you're still selling it to me. Well, because I just, I, I'm just trying to get it for everybody listening that, you know, it, it is worth watching. It really is. It's just Stuntman by Disney Plus, uh, or on Disney Plus, rather. Um, I watched uh, something interesting that ties in with this yesterday. I started watching the new uh, He-Man on uh, Netflix. I didn't know that was even a yeah, thing. Yeah, Kevin Smith is doing it. It's a whole oh, it's really? like five episodes. Yeah, yeah. That's, it's great, but... But uh, Skeletor comes busting in, and and they're you know they're giving him hell, and they talked about how he's failed to overtake Castle Grayskull all this time, and <laughs> and and he said I'm and I'm working towards a point here, and this goes right in what we're saying. He said, he said my successes have been a bridge to, or he said my failures have been a bridge to my success. <laughs> but uh, isn't that true? I love that phrase though, because now I just I had a vision of this this chasm, right? His success is on the other side of the chasm. Yep. So all these bones are falling as failures into the chasm yeah. until he builds a bridge to reach success. That's you know? what happened. Yeah, actually, I, actually kind of a cool. I watched the episode and a half. It's pretty good. Very nostalgic. Really? They got all the all the old characters in there. So is it a cartoon? It, it's an animated feature. Animated <laughs> feature. <laughs> That's a series. So, yeah, a cartoon. It's real good, but it's uh it's not like, like, I really liked Castlevania that was on there, but Castlevania is super adult. Mm -hmm. um, this is, this is, uh, uh, you know, PG, and yeah. but it's got some little does, things in it. That, does Kevin Smith voice any of the... I don't think so, but Jay Muse does. He, he uh, voices uh, Stinkor, I think. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch it now. It's I, pretty I cool. Just I, think I so, love like, Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah, so. it's like five episodes, but yeah, he... Kevin wrote the first episode, and I don't know if he directed it or not, but uh, he's the showrunner for the whole thing. So. Nice. Been a think, passion project for a while. What do you think of these beers? All right. I haven't had the Columbia yet. All right. We, uh, these, I gotta, I gotta mention too, for just because, uh, these were gifted to me, and we, we actually had another white zombie that I put on your car. Yeah, I come work. out of work, and I'm like, what? Who in the fuck? That's what I was like. And I thought, well, somebody left me an energy drink. Yeah. Is it the can's purple? And it's yeah. all like, I'm like, well, I'll try it. And I'm like, oh, this was alcohol. This, maybe this, I figured this was from Mike or Justin. That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah. I was walking out and Justin, our friend Justin. Justin. Um, yeah. Isley. <laughs> I forgot that was your walking impression. <laughs> That's great. I got this pal. He's, he's got a six pack. <laughs> well, he's just walking around not, through the work yeah, parking yeah. lot. That's old yeah, Justin. Yeah. He he waved at me. Well, I thought he was waving. He was trying to get my attention, and he said, "Hey, I got some beer. I want you to try." So, nonetheless, I end up. He makes beer too. He's yeah, a, a mead. He makes mead. Or, yep. Yeah. Well, that's I, some type of beer. Ain't it? it is. It's a honey. Well, then why'd you it, correct me? Honey, honey wine, honey beer. You know, I don't really want to get into the, the semantics of got that. Got some too. honey from Woodford. Oh, really? That had been put in. Woodford it's not, honey? It's not, it doesn't have alcohol in it, but it was like in the barrels. And then I got, oh. a, then I got, yeah, it's like, it's honey. There's no alcohol in it, I don't believe. It just was 
Oh, that bit is delicious. I haven't tried it yet. Mm. I got a real good bourbon. Uh, um, How did you pack all this on your bike? Sprinkly thing. What do you call that? That you put on your meat? Like a, a rub? A rub, yeah. yeah. Jeez. And uh, I put it on both sides. <laughs> made my pork chops. It was a little, it was very good. That could have went south really fast when you said when you put it on your meat. I, I almost got a little bit stupid. It's, but uh, our listeners are getting tired of it, I think. It, uh, <laughs> it's better on one side because it's pretty strong. Yeah. But it was very, it's very good. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where'd I, that come from? That one, was that, that Woodford? That from Woodford, too. Okay. But uh, I packed, uh, I packed everything in my bike pretty good. So if anybody follows me on Facebook, I posted some videos of the difference between my backpack and, and my, my travel buddy. I traveled pretty light. There was some stuff I wanted to get. There was some Oak and Eden stuff I wanted to get. And I tried mm-hmm. some, um, uh, Terry Bradshaw's whiskey from down yeah, there. Yeah. Very good bourbon, whatever. Yeah. It was very good, but I was, space was limited. And yeah. then when it went on my way out, I couldn't find some of this stuff, but it was cool. Yeah. Good thing you didn't drop your bike. There been glass and booze everywhere. It would have smelled like a distillery. Well, that, crashed that would have been the last of my worries. I, I know, I know but I, I, but in the first of mine, I mean, you could fix a bike. The booze are gone. <laughs> That's true. I did bring, well, I sent you a picture. I brought back a bunch of little samples yeah. of some stuff. Yeah. You did good. Honestly, I'm, I'm really fascinated with what you're able to achieve. Even this time of year, I never even thought about, any of them being closed still or yeah, uh, just too busy. Makers was the first one to open and uh, um, they they said that a lot of the other ones are coming towards them, but it wasn't all just because of the COVID. Beam was closed because they're doing a big remodel, but it was beautiful. Um, we went to the kind of the campus there and seen yeah, that and seen yeah. the, the, uh, the storehouses and everything, and it was gorgeous. I definitely want to go back and check it out. Yeah, and, Beam, Beam is a cool one. And the really ride is. to Turkey was awesome. There really wasn't anything to see it at uh, at um, Woodford, but I mean, they had a really nice. Yeah, they had a real nice gift. Thing. I think I think Woodford is the most picturesque of all of them because of the stone and the the location and and the uh, the teardrop style old copper um, distillery machines yeah well like I, said, I didn't get to go in and see none of that yeah we'll have to go back oh definitely when when uh beam opens back up i want to do an actual tour there we toured the uh um what do you call that the baseball bat place the louisville slugger museum yeah man i hate baseball and i would recommend anybody do that talk about the artistry of selecting the wood and what goes into it and the machines and um, yeah how they and they paint them and the dippers and all this stuff. There's a lot of things that go in the end of the stuff that people take pride in that is more than just X, Y, and Z. And there's, you know, human element that goes into it and, and craftsmanship than what you really think about on the mm-hmm. surface. It was really cool. I had, a, I had an excellent time. There. That is cool. This Columbia craft alien hat <laughs> it is a water, watermelon flavored kettle sour. It's got watermelon in it? I yeah. don't taste no watermelon in it. I, I do. There's a, just a hint. It's just because you read that it had it in it. No, it's only 5% alcohol by volume, so it's an easy it's drink. It's very cloudy. It is very cloudy. I love it. It's, uh, I'm not a huge fan of sour beer. It's but, better as it's gotten warmer, which is weird for me. Yeah. It's, it's really, I, I like it. I like it a lot. Let's... Let's wrap this up. We wrap are, it up, B. We are in the second half of the show where we 
do rapid fire questions, and we just basically kind of go through what we rapid fire. were doing in the past with uh, the original discussion. And I know we really haven't dug too deep on dreams, um, and that's purposeful. Honestly, it's you know your your personal dreams are maybe there. You probably have people around you telling you, "Oh, that's that's." That's wild. Don't do that. That's risky, whatever. But and, and we'll get into that in a second. But I, I find just talking about dreams to be a little bit difficult, honestly, because it's almost a childish feeling that you're going to do something that somebody else hasn't or that people are telling you that you can't do, right? Mm-hmm. Almost like, why, why would you do that? Just, just go do this because that's what everybody does. I think that's the beauty of a dream. It's like if you're, if you want to be an artist, declare yourself an artist and go be one. You know, if you want to be a musician, pick up an instrument or sing or whatever it is you do as a musician, go do that. Right. You know, you don't, don't have don't to be wait. on TV to be a singer. And that, that always used to, used to, uh, really kind of chat my ass. It's like, they don't be these people. And it's like, well, I want to be a singer. It's like, well, go out and play the clubs. You're already a singer. Right. You're saying what you want to do. You want to be on American yes. Idol and you want to be famous. and if that's what you want to do, there's nothing wrong with that either. But if you want to be a singer or you want to be a painter or you want to be a, you can be that. You don't have to be on TV right, for that. Right. Your art's in you. It needs to be expressed. Exactly. And if that's your dream to express your art, then go express yourself. Yeah. Don't you wait know? on, don't wait on all this external validation that may or may yeah, not happen. Yeah, you have to enjoy the journey or, 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 Absolutely. You're never going to hit all the, the points you want to hit. Right. Which brings me to my first rapid fire. Rapid fire. Do you think that as we put so much weight on our dreams, do you think it's a bad thing when people cut us down and really judge us? It depends on the person. Some people will under that kind of negative energy. I've always used that that as fuel for me to sh- prove them wrong. It's good for me. And somebody yeah. tells me I can't do something or or that it sucks or it's not whatever. It gives me fuel to, to prove I'm wrong. Well, I'm going to do it. Well, you're not good enough to, to be in a band or you're not good enough to play, play these clubs. You're not good enough to open for this band. You're not good enough to put out an album. It's like, bam, bam, bam. Check those off. I figure out a way to make all that happen. I, yeah. So I think in a lot of ways, it, I use that to my advantage, but some people... It's just too much. You know, some people don't, I thrive off of negative energy and that's wild. And I either regurgitate it into something positive or, or I just, I match it either way. It it comes out in my art. Yeah. Now see, as an artist for me, a lot of times when, when people come at me and say, oh, you can't possibly do that. Like, um, a really good example of this is I know that production wise even full time you know if i were to just dedicate every hour of my life my waking hours to studio time i know that i'm going to struggle with probably 20 to 36 paintings a year that can sell right cuz mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot that don't i'm going to paint stuff and just go i i can't add that to my inventory cuz it's just it's not my it's not up to a level of quality that i like it's not a subject matter that i want to mix in whatever so 20 to 36 paintings. If I was only making a living as an artist on those 20 to 36 paintings, 
it gets staggering when you start thinking about how much money they need to be each mm-hmm. to pay the gallery, the 50% commission, <clears throat> the materials. Commission. Well, that's just the average. That's crazy. Um, material costs, your cost of doing business for yourself, mm-hmm. you know, because you're going to advertise too. You're going to try to get some sales outside of the galleries. And once you get above, I think in the United States, I think once you get above, Somebody can shoot me in the foot if they want to when they hear this. But I think when you get above $2,500 in a sale of a painting, I, I think you're almost in the realm of you You really need to be in a gallery because I think the average buyer doesn't want to buy from you directly at 2500 <laughs> That doesn't say it doesn't happen, or that isn't to say it doesn't happen. It's just I'm trying to say that it becomes harder to find new buyers for your work. Because the same guy's not going to buy your shit every time you paint it. You'll have collectors, but it's rare. And then when you drop it up to, or bump it up to $25,000 a painting, the market becomes smaller, Mm -hmm. right? And let's say there's 400 artists in the United States that even command that price. How hard is it to get in there? Mm -hmm. You know, when a gallery might only take 15 painters. And out of those 400, they might be one of those. You know, because that's really all you need them for is to to get your work in front of somebody that has the kind of money right, right. and the kind of the kind of uh, taste for that. Right, right. So then, when you're trying to explain this to somebody who may not be in tune <clears throat> with how the market works, they look at you like, "There's no way somebody's gonna pay twenty five grand or fifty thousand dollars for one of your paintings. You're you're just a dumb kid in Central Ohio." <laughs> You know, or you never went to college for this, or you know they'll come up with all kinds of reasons why your dream will fail. Uh-huh. All right, take those failures if that's what it is, and and going back to Skeletor, make a build bridge yourself to a fucking bridge and go over yeah. and make make your success. Um, I, I kind of like what you say about you know letting letting your failures and letting your negativity feed your creativity yeah um it's for the fire, I, I can't i really can't do that because i i get defeated real quick i i start analyzing what they've said and i'm like uh, they're right <sighs> i guess i'll just go back to work you know i'll mow the grass what makes them an expert i don't know that's, that's the good it. point that's a really good point they're they they're not typically i mean unless unless a gallery owner would come at me and say you're never going to make it but that, that's one guy. That's one guy's opinion. It, it, how many, they said that, uh, you know, record execs said Lane Staley's voice was terrible. Mm-hmm. They're not going to, and maybe he felt that way. It's not for things. Nothing is for everybody. Nothing. Right. Nothing is for everybody. So just because one guy, <laughs> just because one guy's opinion is that doesn't mean that there's not somebody. If you, I feel like if you like something, even if it's a smaller kind of niche, if yeah. you like something, there's you're you know you're not all that unique. There are other people out there like certain things too, the like that you like. They, yeah. they, it might be not as widespread. It might not be popular, um, but there's other people out there that, that like that. So I just feel like if I make music for me, yeah. If I if I do things that I like to do, man, there's got to be. I am not. I am weird. Sure, but I'm not the only one that, that likes that, that wants to hear that. True. And it's the same way. If, if you like your work, 
and you're proud of your work and it it says something to you, it's going to say something to somebody else yeah. or somebody now. Yeah. Like you said, it's not might not end up in in uh, Hobby Lobby on <laughs> one of the prints that they sell for you know thirty nine dollars that 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 you take right. home and hang yeah, up. Yeah, might not be, but yeah. that's not. Yeah, you're not making work. And it for may that. not be your stick either. It might know? not be. Um, I'd say a lot of our listeners, that's not really what they want, but, uh, but we all want to get in front of as many people and we want to be like, we do. Yeah. Or we wouldn't do this. I think it's like to say you don't care. That's your full shit. Right. You do care. Our, 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 our whole being is tied into it's symbiotic, man. It, it goes yeah. with the, with the, the, the artist. And the art lover, the person that appreciates the art, it's combined. You want people to like it, but you can't make people like things. You yeah. can't you can't yeah. get too hung up on it. You can just put it out there and you can do your best and and yeah. either either you'll find the person that likes it or you won't. Yeah. Now we may be stemming off of art here just a little bit. This Are is we? this is more fun. Um think back to little Paul when you were, you know, just a, a wee lad. Mm-hmm. Yes. What What was one of your dreams? What was one of the things you said to yourself? I want to do this. Real little. I. I wanted to be a stuntman. Yeah. I always thought that'd be a cool job. I wanted to. I used to jump off stuff and. Yeah. And, we are more alike than I knew. Yeah. That I love cool. that kind of thing. I do too. And I was always interested in that. As you know, before the internet, you'd have to read books and read articles about that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I always thought that was cool. I always thought the behind the scenes was cool when you'd see something on a on a um on a vignette or whatever right. or a movie and it's like, oh, they had a they had a stunt double and they set him on fire. How cool yeah. is that? And, yeah. What is this gel shit that they put on him? Right. I want some of that. So right. I try it. I always thought that was cool. <laughs> yeah. I always Yeah, don't do stunts at home, kids. I always <laughs> like that. And, that is cool. I used to pretend to be one on my dirt bike and yeah. different things. So I did a lot of that too. I I remember you know putting a mattress out in the yard, jumping off the house, trying to land on my back yeah. on the on the mattress and stuff. And um, I was a little kid too, you know, just way too young for this. I, I look at what my kids have done, and I think you know, oh God, they're they're heathens. What have they done? Why why are they doing this? But not one of my kids ever tried to ride a bicycle off the house, right? Right. Or right <laughs> dragging. Uh, a bunch of wood into a pile so they can make a fire to to ramp their bike over it, you know. So I, I guess I guess my kids aren't as heathenry as I am. I wanted to be an archaeologist too. I wanted to be Indiana Jones. I thought that'd be yeah. Cool. Well, it was our age, you know. You saw Indiana Jones, you're thinking that's really cool. I want a whip. I had a whip. Did you really? Oh yeah, and I was riding my motorcycle <laughs> and got it caught in a chain. Lucky it didn't kill me. Yikes! I got it caught in a sprocket and it cut my neck like a seatbelt wound. Yeah, it was dangling back and I leaned back and it got caught in the sprocket. Oh, pulled geez. me off the bike and cut so into my neck. So twice you've had near death experiences on a bike. Well, but I mean that could have been bad, but it was you know yeah. not that big deal. I was in I was in a field. I had a you were in a field. I had a trailer. <laughs> I had a trailer too with my knee knocked me off the bike. But those were mishaps. Those yeah. weren't really like wrecks. But. That was where you grew up. That, I still that, have that whip somewhere though, but it, the end of it is yeah. cut off. <laughs> does it still make the sound with the end cut off? Yeah, I hit my grandma on the ankle with it when she was going up the stairs and she fell. Oh she my died. god! Yeah, I didn't mean you're to. a terrible person. I didn't think it was. Gonna, <laughs> I didn't think it was going to get to her. Man, I cracked her right in it, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I begged <laughs> her not to tell my dad, my yeah. mom. But she, she turned. Did. She turned around, and kicked your ass, didn't she? 
No, she she loved me. Yeah. She's dead now, though, so. Yeah. The secret went to the grave with her. I'm going to call my mom when, when <laughs> on my way home and we'll tell her about that. Mom? <laughs> oh, wow. I had another one on the tip, the tip of my tongue because I didn't write any of this shit down today as, as usual because I really wanted to have it. I'm, like I say, I'm trying really hard to make these conversational and it's, it's important to me to, to kind of do that. And um, I hope everybody's digging the, the concept of this because once I get more comfortable talking like this, I'm going to go back to the format, but try to follow it more like a outline versus a, hey, we need to discuss this. Right. You know, and it, it's a dream of mine. I've always wanted to sit and talk and meet with artists and, and just understand, kind of get into their head a little bit. And that's kind of where the show's going. We've got some people lined up that are waiting for days that they can schedule and everybody trying to put their schedules together and uh with the pandemic lifting a little bit we might be able to at least get together and and sit in front of people but um i don't have a third question because i done forgot it because like i said i didn't write anything down i'm going into this whole concept today very naked so to speak Mm -hmm. you know I literally, my notes say topic, dreams, and doing what you want. Follow your dreams. And then I've got beer, Columbia Craft, Alien Hat, White Zombie, Stuntman Movie, Paul's first gig in a while, and my cursor's blinking. That's all that's in my notes. And normally my notes are, you know, 800 to 1,200 words of just details. Well, when you meet up with your buddies and you're going to see somebody, and hey, let's meet up at 50 West and... uh Mm-hmm. grab some hot wings and, and catch up. You don't have a list of things like, hey, I want right. to ask him about his engagement. I want to uh, see how work's been going, and then we'll go from there. There's yeah. no agenda. So that's kind of, if you want things to be conversation, converse, converse, if you want a conversation, yeah, it's easy for me to say. <laughs> yeah, right. And that's what you got to have. It's, uh, I had a really good conversation with Justin yesterday. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Nicely. Uh, yeah. He's an we, interesting guy. I like Justin. I do too. We, we met at, um, Old Capital Brewing here in town. No, you said you were there. You didn't say you were with Justin. I, uh, I know well, I he, wasn't invited. He, <laughs> you're always invited. Fuck you. Uh, he said, you're going to be there a while? I was like, yeah, I'll be here a while. So uh, he showed up. We sat in the comfy chairs and just rattled off conversation. It was fun. It was good. I miss that. I miss just good conversation between friends in a public place. Mm-hmm. Right? Then, and when you're yeah. out and about, see that allows improv too, because you have uh, things that go on around you and people that come in and surprises, and it affects the it affects the 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 relationship that you got going on with the person that you know, and it affects the way the conversation goes. And if this person comes in, yeah, that you both know, or this person comes in, they know, or somebody's over there doing something stupid, you're talking about that, and that reminds you of something else, and it leads the conversation. That's what's yeah. great about anything yeah you know and, and believe believe me when i say this and i'm going to tie this in with dreams mm-hmm. i have a dream of going around the world and documenting it through my blog doing some vlogging with my camera uh doing some filming with my camera you know doing you know the video part put it on my youtube channel whatever and taking a lot of photos right creating some paintings and drawings and and doing some what they call plain air work while I'm out. Right. So think mm-hmm. of, think of 
waking up in the morning, leaving your hotel, checking out whatever by, we'll say nine, eight. It's too early. Um, well, I mean, the day's going to be packed every day. And you go out and you, you find a place that looks cool and you just sit and paint or sit and draw and whatever. And what if the light's not good? It doesn't matter. You learn how to paint and draw in whatever you've got. Just deal with it, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of the adventure of it. You know, if everything's perfect, it's not going to be good. I mean, really, we kind of boring, don't you think? Anyway, um, this this really this has been stuck in my head now for twenty years, and I've still not done it, and I'm a little bit pissed off about it. And then in the afternoon, stop in a pub, grab something to eat grab a beer, talk to the locals, you know, just like literally totally out of my zone, mm-hmm. totally uncomfortable really with it because I have a, a social anxiety that most probably wouldn't believe. I don't like to be around people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard for me to be around crowds of strangers. Really? Right. It is. Uh, even at work, I can walk through the plant and feel like, you know, anxiety building like, Oh, what if, what if somebody sees me walk stupid? What if what if my right. hair's out of place? What if I got a burger in my nose? Right? right. <laughs> it's like all these things just start to pile up on me, and I think I'm just not cool enough to be walking through the plant. Right? And it's right. just crazy. I think everybody has a little bit of this anyway. I know I'm not alone. You are not alone. <laughs> right. But in the evening, after leaving the bar, the pub, the restaurant, wherever it is I am where I have a drink and and get some decent food, maybe talk to some total strangers and eliminate that social anxiety i go out and i do a little bit in the evening when the light's good again so you got for an artist morning light and evening light are always the better more interesting light afternoon lights not so much you know it's kind of ugly so to tie this all back with justin at the pub last night uh or yesterday rather um i had my gear in the car the wife wasn't with me I had no reason not to be walking around with my camera or grabbing a sketchbook and doing something. Mm-hmm. But my social anxiety was like leaving the car. You know, I wanted to. I wanted to just grab it and go, fuck everybody. Nobody cares. And I know this. I know right. nobody cares. <clears throat> now, I also know we live in a small town and people look at me like, what the fuck is he doing with that? Why? Who's this guy think he is? Right. And that's a, in the other part of my head that's thinking just leaving the car. And I go in, I sit down at the bar. This is probably three in the afternoon. I mean, I circled it several times thinking, ah, there's no parking place out front. I'm thinking, dude, you're not crippled. (laughs) I I hate to use that word. I really do. But it's like, you can, you can fucking walk a block. Right. You know? And I'm, I'm just circling. I literally drive all the way back home again, (laughs) pull in the driveway and go, what am I doing? I don't want to go inside either because they're having a baby shower, right? I was like, I don't want, I don't want to invade that baby shower. So I leave and I go back, you know, at my house, they're having a baby shower. So I, I ended up driving back to town, another 15 minute drive, 15 mile drive. And I circle the block again. Keep in mind, my dream is to be able to just go into a little village or a town and walk around with my camera, capture some cool things. Take a lot of photos I can make paintings from, grab a beer, and be completely relaxed about it, and do my thing. And I'm thinking to myself, why can't I do this in my hometown? Right. If I can't do it in my hometown, 
I'm going to fly all the way to Glasgow. Ireland oh. or Scotland yeah. and, and go, I'm going to leave it in the, in the car. You know, right. <laughs> it's like, what is wrong with me? So I know there's people listening who are thinking, yeah, 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 I get it. I get it. He's saying exactly what I do. Why are we so preoccupied about thinking or caring what other people think? That's a good question. I, I, I could have walked into that pub, opened up my iPad and at least sketched on Procreate, which is an app application. I know you always look at it like, that's a really weird that's name. That's a terrible name. It is a terrible Procreate. name, right? But sit down with my iPad and draw. Right. I had my bag with me, my, my gear bag. I had everything. That's why had, you have it. In the- yeah, yeah. It's, it's literally a, a uh, I'm a nerd. I really am. If people knew me, um, my gear bag allows me to, to document and capture just about anything that I want to capture. Not if it stays in the bag in the car. <laughs> don't allow <laughs> you to do point, a goddamn good thing. Point. But I've got pins in there, paper in there. I've oh, got yeah. my cameras. I've got my iPad. A lot of times I have my, my Mac, but I don't, you know, it doesn't need to be with me, but I've got a way to record. I could have done a podcast, mm-hmm. you know, literally sitting there. And most people wouldn't even know because the recorder would have been in the bag. There would have been a, a tiny little wire going up to a lavalier. And we would have had really good conversation without anybody knowing about it, right? There wouldn't mm-hmm. have been big microphones in your face. There wouldn't have been a recorder sitting out and all the computer, like Mission Central, like I have here on the table. But it would have been fun, and nobody would have known. And this is all in my bag. But you're afraid that somebody the bag was, was in the car. Yeah, gonna, yeah, I was afraid I'd be judged. Yeah, yeah, com- completely judged for my dream because it's not possible. You're a stupid little kid from Ohio who can't do it. That's what's in my head. Why? Why do we do this to ourselves? And that's the last question I want to bring up in this, this episode. Why do we crush our dreams before we try? Why? Good question. Because nobody cares. Everybody's trying to follow their own dreams. Part of it, though, I think subconsciously a lot of that is if you, don't, if you have a reason why you can't do it, you cannot fail. It's just part of being afraid to fail. Being afraid to do something and have is it, it not fear work though? Out. I think because so. I like to think I'm fearless. No, obviously not. Well, you I mean, take your bag in. You're scared. Yeah, you're right there. I guess scared somebody. But I, I feel something. like with my with my own personal outlook on life, I think fear. I don't fear death. I don't fear confrontation. I don't fear. Just I believe in fate and destiny. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if I'm, if I'm meant to get in the car and die today, then okay, that's how it works. I can't control it. Right. Right. So go do it. But there's something for me in my head about when I'm following my dream, nobody cares. So they're going to laugh at me when they see what I do. And that's, that's probably getting to the root cause of the reasoning why I don't do it. What if they laugh? What's the big deal then? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I look goofy anyway. I mean, I'm a, I'm a chubby guy with white What are they going to do? They're going to go home and, and tell their, <laughs> I look like and go Santa to Claus. their insignificant life <laughs> and go on off. doing nothing. And they're going <laughs> to tell their wife that they saw yeah. some Viking sitting in the, <laughs> in the bar with a camera for some reason. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. You're right. You're right. Why do we Everybody do Everybody can line up and kiss my ass. If you're you know, listening to the show and you're driving along, you about crashed your car because you think it's funny that Mike has an insecurity. Make sure. That you send me an email, uh, the studio at michaelworth.com. Just send me an email saying, you know, yeah, get off your ass. 
and take your gear. Go do it. Yeah. Nobody cares. It's like me with busking last summer. I always wanted yeah, to do I that. I was never, so amazed at that. Never had the guts to do it. And it's like, who cares? Somebody don't like it or somebody's whatever. They keep walking. I mean, it's, they're not stuck there. It's not a big deal. Yeah. They can move on. They don't have to give you money. No. It's fucking great. I Who cares? Know. I don't know. I even tweeted out the other day. I was like, you, you think the local pub would care if I show up with my gear and just draw? And the, one of the guys who works there says, no, bring it on. We'll accommodate you. What did I do? I stayed home. Yep. I might do it today. I don't know. You're not going to. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give you some logs for your fire. You're not going to do <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, you're not going to. Just go out there and ramp your bicycle over the fire pit. Yeah. You know. Just like, do it, man. Yeah. And what's going to happen? I, I guess, you know, I need to tag this on there too because lately life life has thrown me a pretty hard curveball and um, it's been difficult to maintain my schedule. And as, as the nerd that I am, my schedule is very precise. Mm-hmm. You know, I know how much time it takes to do this in the morning and I know, you know, coffee is this time and a shower is this time and all that kind of stuff. And I'm failing miserably the last two weeks because, or last four weeks, really. I'm moving in tomorrow starts a new two week cycle for my, my schedule. And it, it just, it, it's, it's difficult. It's, uh, you know, I'm not on schedule. I'm not going to have a video to put out. And that was the other thing too. You know, Saturday, I could have recorded just a little bit of my time uh-huh. and said, okay, I'll make this the video this week. Don't overdo it. Don't try to put too much in there. Put some stock footage in there if you have to and, uh, throw some music in there and, Come up with a, a topic, you know, find a theme for what you just recorded, put it on YouTube. Nobody cares. Yeah, It's probably only going to get a hundred views anyway. Right. Why am I so anxious about it? And I think it's because I feel like everything I produce has to be the masterpiece. Everything I do has to be perfect. Everything I do has to be well thought out and I'm a professional, right? <laughs> and that's, Really, if people knew how nervous I was about starting today's podcast, they would go, wow, how'd you pull that off? I don't know. And I don't know that we did. I hope we did. I hope there's something in this real talk that we've had that makes other artists that say, yeah, I, I, I get what he's saying. Why can't I do that? Right. And it's, it's very real. I think we all feel this way. When you get on stage sometimes, I know there's got to be something in the back of your head saying uh this this isn't going to go well oh, or yeah. there's somebody out in the audience who looks at me wrong right oh yeah so you still got to get on stage and do it right but you got your brothers up there with you you know saying well, i'm not going to play drums without you come right. on you know um I'm not saying it's easier that's not where i'm going with that but you get it, right? Sure. So, I don't know. I think we've been through just about everything we could on dreams. I, I think people should follow their dreams. A dr- what do they say? A dream without a plan is a wish. Oh, that's good. I've never heard that. I haven't ever heard that. Dream without a plan is a wish. No. Hmm. I heard I, it's a sports thing. I heard Herm Edwards say it. I'm sure he got it somewhere else. Yeah. Herm Edwards was a cornerback played for not sure but he was coach, head coach of the Jets and, yeah and don't live don't live by your plan allow your plan to change but you can still stay on target to your dream 
just reinvent, you know, you have build, to, build you that have bridge. To be, you have out to be of your ready to that. Yeah. <laughs> I really like that. I'm going to have to watch that series anyway, just for that. Oh, yeah. He says that. He's, he's super serious, too. You have failed counsel countless times, Skeletor, but my failures were a bridge to my success. <laughs> I'm like, tweet that out if you if you're listening right now. Tweet that out. Let everybody know you're listening to the podcast. Again, I'm Michael Worth. I'm here with Paul Ramey. We are done. This is the end of the show. My we're, ass we're, is vibrating. Your ass is vibrating. What the hell's that? I don't know. Somebody's messaging. Yeah. Anywho, we are done with the show. That's all we got. Paul, good to have you in the studio oh, again. Oh, it's good to be here. And I'm so thankful that you made it home safely from your trip. And guess it's tight. Yeah, guess it's tight. <laughs> That's top. all I got. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye.